Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. On episode 64 of the Green Street Hammers podcast, myself, Adam, Henry, and Aaron talk about the Premier League restart and give out our way-too-early West Ham awards for the season to be continued. We also end the episode, as usual, with Hammers Polls questions. Keep it locked on the Green Street Hammers podcast. All right, welcome to the Green Street Hammers podcast. This is episode 64 with myself, Adam, and Henry is back with the program today. Henry, how's it going? Yeah, it's good. I did my first ever 10-kilometer run today, so feeling very good. And you, you said, I think you mentioned in passing, you did couch to 10K, so that, that's the, the final step there, is it? So the, the app I was doing was couch to 5K, and I've surpassed it. Oh, wow. So Look at very you. proud of myself. <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, that's a great achievement, man. I couldn't imagine running 10K right now, so uh, congratulations to you. And back with us this week is Aaron Deans, another Canadian here. Aaron, how are you getting on? I'm doing well. I, uh, I went for a little bit of a shorter run today and then hung out in the kiddie pool. So I guess maybe not quite as adventurous as uh, Henry today, but it's a pretty effective day, I'd say. Oh, that's good. Yeah, it is an absolute heat wave in Ontario right now. So uh, uh, that you and I are both feeling those uh, that sweaty pain right there. How, what's the weather like in, in England right now, Henry? It's so hot. I had to wait till about 7 o'clock to actually do like my run because otherwise it would just been unbearable i mean even at seven o'clock i came back very 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 sweaty and and is it humid like it would be for us here um it is and it isn't i think we just get a few weeks every year where it's just blistering hot and then everyone goes to the beach which at the current time is not advisable but everyone seems to be doing it anyway yeah, you know, sometimes nature calls and, and you forget all of the government lockdown procedures ahead of you. But um, what a great segue that you provided us there, uh, Henry. Uh, with the government lockdown procedures getting loosened on football, uh, today the, there was a unanimous vote uh, with Premier League clubs to begin contact training, I think effective immediately. So uh, the Premier League is back to crunching tackles. And for Jared Bowen, that means getting stomped on by Fabian Balbuena as he uh, he revealed in uh, in an interview. I think it, I forget who it was with, but uh, Bowen said uh, the toughest guy physically that he plays against in training is Fabian Balbuena. So um, last week you didn't have a chance to chime in with your thoughts on Project Restart, Henry, but um, we had some varied opinions on it. I, I want to see what you think about it and if we're uh, cautiously working towards an appropriate restart or if uh, the season should be null and voided and, and moved on uh, to preserve next season. 
Um, I think they're just gonna they're gonna get it to go ahead, no matter how far they have to push it. Um, I think if I saw today four more players tested positive from the third round of testing. Um, so it's very interesting to see how they react to that. I think all they're going to do really is just carry on if they have to push it back another two weeks, which is the isolation time. And I think that's sort of going to be their plan is just keep pushing it back until they can get it finished. I think they'll rather finish the season than start next season on time. I think they'd rather delay next season's start. Yeah, I think I think you're right there. And also um, with the... Uh... With the four new cases, they weren't specified to be players, staff, or a combination. So it could be peripheral staff that, that have tested positive this time around. And I know that they gave the players um, who tested the first time around a seven-day uh, isolation period rather than 14 days. So maybe it's seven days to get retested again. And, and you know, possibly uh, they, they've worked it through their system at that point in time. Who knows, really? Um, but, yeah, it seems like all, all uh, indications point to this season coming back here. Uh, and, and with that being the case, we're going to roll from, from transition right into the next transition here. Um, we have a couple interesting talking points as far as, uh, you know, no football topics are concerned. Uh, and they're all about when the Premier League restarts and what that means for West Ham. So myself, Aaron, and Henry are going to run through our opinions on these questions. And there are five questions here, and I'll, and I'll give them uh, right now just at the outset. Who is going to be the surprise star for the team when play resumes? Uh, now, I want to open that up to any player on the team. You know, Jared Bowen was sort of a rising star. Pablo Fornells had been really solid for us. Mikel Antonio, great all season. Declan Rice, of course, solid. Agbana, solid. Um, and you can pick all of those players uh, who were already playing great because there's been such a long layoff. The second one is who's going to be the biggest flop player after the resume. Next one up is the brightest youngster to step up. Uh, and the, the second last one is who's the, most, who's the player who's most likely to save their West Ham career. And the last one is which player will most likely play themselves into a transfer. So we have quite the varied spray here. And I want to start with you, Aaron, the new guy. We're going to bully you a little bit. Uh, and, I, and I want to see your opinions on the first question here. Who do you think the surprise star for West Ham is going to be when play resumes? Yeah, I wasn't really uh, sure exactly uh, what you meant by surprise. So I had a few different answers, but I think the one I'm going to go with will be uh, Robert Snodgrass. I think he's a guy who continually kind of gets, I wouldn't say forgotten, but with Jared Bowen coming into the lineup, Antonio healthy, he might not be someone who you expect to make an impact, but he always kind of finds a way to surprise everyone. And I think his uh, his set piece ability might be the key to closing out some games uh, as uh, the season winds down. Snodgrass, an interesting one there, and and you know what could really benefit him, I'm sure. I'm sure it factored into your decision is the probably the likelihood of of extra injuries with players. Um, I mean, I was watching the the um, RB Leipzig and uh, I think it was Hertha Berlin game today, and the ref was blowing his whistle for injuries every five minutes. Players were just flopping around. Um, I think there could be a lot more of that. Plus, five substitutions means more players from the bench get introduced to the game. So you're probably going to see Snodgrass off the bench especially if West Ham are trying to uh, to drill down a win there. So I think that's a good shout there. Uh, Henry, what do, you, what do you think? Who's your uh, who's your pick for surprise star when the play resumes? Um, I had originally Jarrah Bowen down because I, I think he'll be one that really pushes on when we come back. I mean, I know we saw glimpses of him in for, what, two games or three games after we signed before football got suspended. Mm-hmm. 
and he looks really promising and I think he's really going to push on when football comes back especially sort of without the pressure of the fans being there if that makes sense like I think people put a lot on the atmosphere but I think also a lot of players might benefit without it and they can sort of play without the pressure of having fans get on their back but I think surprise star could be Fabian Balbuena because the season he started very sort of shakily because I think he was very I think he was knackered really after the Copper America and I think with this sort of added rest if you will we might see what he was capable of in his first season when he him and Diop were one of our most solid centre-back partnerships for years so I, I think he could really come back and be dominant in the back for us until the end of the season. That's an interesting one. And also, it really, it really, you know, if it comes down to Balbuena playing, he's likely going to be in the third, the third seat when it comes to play resuming as of form when, when uh, the season was halted. It'll be interesting to see exactly how he gets into games because if he does, that means we're very thin on options. And Aaron Cresswell is likely our fourth center back in the team unless I'm forgetting someone. So, uh, yeah, Balbuena could could be relied on actually very heavily. And uh, I think Ogbonna's had some injury issues in the past, so who, who knows there. Uh, but, you know, if, if he does get a chance, I, I, I'd like to... I'd like to think uh, you're on the right track there with him being motivated to move forward. Uh, surprise star for me. Now, I, I don't want to go to a more obvious player, but I'm going to say Felipe Anderson. Uh, I'm a big Felipe Anderson player. Um, Aaron, someone who he reminds me of, uh, he gets a lot of hate and it's not warranted, is William Nylander. You're a, a Toronto Maple Leafs fan yourself, and everyone loves to hate on Nylander. Uh I feel like there's a lot of similarities there. Do, do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I totally get that. I, uh, I think I might have a, a little different opinion on him, but I can definitely <laughs> see how you make the make the parallel statement there. Yeah, I, and basically it's uh, you know a player who could be doing better, but is actually doing fine. You know, the underlying numbers are there. I do think he does need to step up more, and I think we'll see that from him. But uh, he, he did get on uh, in the later part of the season before – play stopped but I think you're going to see him sort of take that central position by the reins I also think you're going to see a lot more fluidity with the top line um, and that's going to include Felipe Anderson Mikel Antonio, Jared Bowen uh, and Sebastian Allaire all sort of and, and Pablo Fornell is probably an advanced central mid attacking mid role um, I, I want to see some different combinations there but then steadied by a back four with Rice and Suchek and Noble mixing into that midfield as well uh, to sort of lock things down, but but let the team get a little more creative. So I think Felipe Anderson's going to be that talisman-type player out on the left side there. Uh, now, we're going to jump ahead to the next question, and uh, Aaron, we'll come back to you again here. Uh, biggest flop player after play resumes. Now, this can be anything from a player who doesn't do enough to get into the team in training, or a player who is currently struggling, who's going to continue struggling, or if someone you're predicting to drop off of good form. So, Aaron, I'll open the floor to you here. Who do you have as West Ham's biggest flop player? Yeah, I had a, another kind of tough decision with this one. I couldn't really decide if I was going to go with Ryan Fredericks. I think coming off a serious shoulder injury, being out of the lineup for longer than everybody else, a bit of a shorter preseason, and kind of the uh, the issues relating to Jeremy Ngakia's contract and kind of put maybe a little more pressure on him than he would normally have. So I couldn't decide between him or Lanzini. I just don't really see Lanzini even 
playing much of a role as this uh, season closes down. So I guess in terms of an actual flop, if a player gets in the lineup and doesn't play well, I'll go with Ryan Fredericks. Ryan Fredericks. Interesting. I, I have him pegged for a different answer coming up here, but but I'm, I'm glad you brought him up because I think it's a big roll of the dice with his injury history as you appropriately picked out there. Uh, Henry, who do you think will be the biggest flop for West Ham when play continues? Um, see, it's difficult. I've got his name down for two very different answers. <laughs> um, I have a feeling I'll go with my first thought that I had before I get onto him would be Mazuaku. Um, I just don't think he's going to be trusted. I mean, it's sort of been come out of the club that everyone's thinking he's regressed massively over the last year, which defensively you is very obvious to see for most people. Yeah. It took them till now to realize. Um, so yeah, I think he could flop massively. And the other name I've got down is Jeremy Ngakia. Mm. Um, I think when he got into the side, he did really well, obviously, hence why everyone wants him to sign a contract. I still want him to sign a new contract and play how he was. And then we've got a right back for the next 11 years and that would be very, very handy. Yep. But I think with Fredericks being back, he won't have the position all to himself, really. Um, and then he might start to, he might not play every game because fixtures get congested, which will see Fredericks come in and people, and if he picks up his form again, people will see how crucial his experience is over Nagaki is. And it will be decided on how Nagaki deals with that when he realizes he's not the only option and the position's just not his to walk into anymore. Um, I hope he reacts to it well and he proves me wrong and he finishes the season as he was playing before football broke. Um, but yeah, I can imagine him sort of falling out of favour and maybe not flopping, but not being as prominent in the side as we thought he would be, especially with his contract um, turmoil at the moment. Yeah, and, and also if the Premier League does start up again on June 12th and West Ham get a couple games in before the end of June... They're probably not going to want to put Ngakia in a position to get more power or control in a contract negotiation by having him in and playing well. I think Ryan Fredericks is more than a fine, you know, substitute of that position. Plus, Ben Johnson is still there, and Zabaleta is still under contract. So, um, yeah, I think I think Ngakia is a good one. You actually pulled the rug out from under me, Henry. If I'm being honest, because I, I had Ngakia picked out as my flop, and I was going to say situationally he's not going to be used. Um, but uh, for me. Biggest flop, I'm going to say, and it's hard to call him a flop because he hasn't done anything, but, I mean, he's been a flop his whole time, quote-unquote, at West Ham, is going to be Jack Wilshere. Um, I really hope I'm wrong because I think he could be a player that transforms a team like West Ham, especially coming off the bench. I think our starting 11 is relatively strong, uh, but bench options, especially in the midfield, are, are lacking. So to see Jack Wilshere come in, I don't think he's going to be playing in a central attacking role anymore because he he needs to you know take the game a little slower his legs are, are a little bit slower now that he's getting on an age he's 27 now so I mean that's my age and I'm not really on an age but for a footballer um, I think there's been a lot of talk of him you know having the potential to transform West Ham as I said but I, I don't want to I don't want to you know give him that credit before he shows it and I think people are going to be let down either by his usage or by what he does with the minutes he does get. Uh, I think Manuel Lanzini has a lot stronger of a case 
uh, at resurging, having a little resurgence in his West Ham career here, um, simply because he can play out wide. Uh, he, he did it before Payet. He did it after Payet. He's more comfortable in the middle, sure. But I think also if West Ham shift to like a 4-2-3-1 formation, it'll be Fornals and him in the middle. I think uh, you'll ha- you'll see Lanzini have more uh, success in that role. And yeah, I don't know. I just think Wilshere people are, are getting a little bit too hyped for him. Although I would love to be wrong here because I, I do want to see him at his best because that'll mean West Ham are at a better, sp- a better spot. But as it stands, Jack Wilshere, my current flop uh, prediction for the for the restarted Premier League here. Uh, we are going to take one quick break here and we'll be back to answer a few more questions. For West Ham fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. For match highlights, interviews and the best West Ham videos and podcasts, download the free COY Irons app now from the App Store and Google Play. Welcome back. We're going to continue going through our, uh, you know, most likely situations come the Premier League restart. Uh, the next one is going to be brightest youngster to step up in the squad for West Ham. There are a few options here. Um, now, there's a couple things to take into account because West Ham don't really have too many youngsters that can actually impact their team. For, for, for instance, Grady Diangana is our best youngster, I would argue, but he's out on loan right now. Uh, and Declan Rice technically still counts as a youngster, I suppose. So uh, it'll be interesting to see where you guys go with this one. Henry, we're going to flip the power over to you. Who is going to be the uh, the best youngster for, for West Ham to, to step up in this restarted Premier League season and why? See, this was my issue because I had Nagakia down originally before <laughs> I changed my mind. <clears throat> um, I think with the extra games, there will be some options for younger players especially um i did an article about i think sam kiger who's quite a promising young left back in the academy and if mazuaku isn't trusted at all he could be maybe promoted up to the bench interesting um, to sort of help cover and keep pressure on cresswell but also people forget about um cardozo the young centre-back we brought in from i think burvista in portugal yep um and if I mean, Ogbonna, as you said earlier, he is culpable to the occasional injury. Fabian Balbuena, if he doesn't get back to his form and is a bit of a liability like he was at the start of the season, then there could be argument for a promotion for Cardozo into the first team. Um, and it would be, I think it'd be great to see how he gets on on that high level rather than in the under-23s development squad. Um but yeah, so I'm going to say Oscar Cardozo. Oh, is his name Oscar Cardozo? Goncalo. Goncalo. Yeah, Goncalo Cardozo. <laughs> so I'm scrambling right now because that was my pick and I thought it was going to be so sneaky. So Aaron, buy me some time here. Who do you have as the, the best youngster to step up uh, when the Premier League restarts here? Yeah, so mine's uh, somewhat related to my choice of Ryan Fredericks as a flop, um, and also <laughs> de- depending on uh, Jeremy Ngakia's. Uh, I can see con- where this is going. <laughs> contract issues. Uh, yeah, I mean, I wrote an article the other day too for uh, Green Street Hammers about uh, Ben Johnson. I'm not going to say I'm uh, officially the head of his fan club, but I am uh, quite fond of the young man. Um, I think he's going to get a lot of opportunities. Uh, he. I found a, a quote about him from Terry Wesley talking about he was the type of player that ticked all the boxes when he looked for players coming from the academy. Obviously, he's had his injury issues, but um, before he had those, he was rated above Ngakia 
And I mean, if we're going to talk about Masuaku not being uh, trusted much in the same way he wasn't against Manchester City back in uh, 2019, then uh, that was the game where Ben Johnson got his start. I think you can throw Ben Johnson potentially in at left back as well. So I think he's going to have a pretty big role to play. And I, if some of the, the quotes and the stories I kind of read about him are true, then I think he's got the character to, to be an impactful player for the rest of this season and for years to come. Yeah, and I'm, I'm really happy you brought out that he can play both sides a fullback, although he's a natural right back there, because that's super important with Mazuaku, as you mentioned, being on the outs. Uh, Justin uh, wrote about that today for us at Green Street. So uh, it'll be very interesting to see where Ben Johnson chimes in. And actually, there was a report today that came out that David Moyes is including Ben Johnson in first-team training and expects him to have a major role. The other name he mentioned was Zande Silva, a name I will go with here. Uh, now... Now, again, this is an audible, but it's someone I've been thinking about, and actually there's going to be a piece up on, on you know both of those players' path to the first team come the restart shortly, so stay tuned to Green Street Hammers for that. But uh, West Ham's arguably shallowest position outside of left-back is striker right now. Uh, Albion Ajedi's been, been uh, linked with a move out of the club. West Ham just want to recoup what they paid for him, which was £8 million. Pounds. Uh, I think they'd be lucky to get that, especially in this climate, but um, there doesn't seem to be much, much trust with him there. With Mikel Antonio having injury issues, Jared Bowen needed on the right side. I think there's a there's a direct line for Zande Silva to be used off the subs bench here. Um, do either of you guys know if uh, the Bundesliga teams are allowed more players on the bench due to extended substitutions, or is it the same amount of players, but uh, you just get more subs to bring them on? Um, I'm not entirely sure. Okay, something to look into, I guess. Do, do you know, Aaron? I, I don't. I can every time I've watched a match, it looks like the normal amount of subs. I was but gonna say I, yeah. I can't say that with any sort of certainty. Okay, yeah. So we'll assume it's the same amount of players. It'll be tough. Uh, it'll actually probably have to be uh, Albion Ajedi or uh, Zonda Silva on the bench, and I think you will see over time Silva step up there. And like you had mentioned, Henry, with the amount of games being played. Uh, there's going to be rotations on the bench and on the on the starting eleven in the starting eleven. So Zonda Silva's my pick. He uh, he's I mean boy does he know how to score goals. So there's no doubt about that. It's just been unluckiness with his path to first team football. But hopefully he can get uh, he can get things straightened out. And it probably would have been Nathan Holland had he not moved away to Oxford. Um, although he should be back at the club now because is is League Two voted to to end their season. Or, sorry, League One. League, I know League Two has um, been finished. Uh, League One and the Championship, I believe, are still to be decided. Okay, I think but I can see also, the Championship staying, um, but I don't know about League One. There's also is his name Musa Deju, uh, Mazake Deju, who's supposed to be quite promising. I think he's also a pretty versatile forward too, striker, winger, whatever you need. He'll, that's what he'll he'll play for you. So, um, another name too. Let me see. I, I think uh, it was Oladapo Afalayan. Afalayan. He's been he's been scoring goals. I think pretty regularly. Uh, and Olatunji Akinola, I think, is the player that uh, X has been talking about for a while as a, a name to watch in the in the development squad. So. There's no shortage of options there, and there's even more once the uh, once the loans expire. So a good spot to be in here. Um, okay, on to the next question. And Henry, we'll flip 
we'll flip back to you again here. Uh, the second to last question is, which player is most likely to save their West Ham career come uh, the player, uh, the uh, Premier League restart? Who do you think is going to step up and, and shut a lot of haters up here? Um, I, I can't decide between two, and one of them has already been mentioned, and that's Lanzini, because I know how big of a fan David Moyes is of him. Mm-hmm. That's why he paid him so much until he realized Fornells was the better option. So I do think he could maybe play himself back into the hearts and minds of West Ham fans. Um, he had such a big injury um, before the season started. Like, it was a horrific ACL injury. And um, with the added time to get over it, the same as Balbuena, he might come back fitter than he was before we start, before we went into this lockdown. Yeah. So he could potentially be the player to sort of get back and, like, challenge for now for the starting position at Cam, or at least become, like, a super sub for the last 20 minutes and really show what he was capable of from before. And the other name I had was Andre Yarmolenko, because I feel he gets such a harsh time from a lot of fans but I think people forget how crucial he has been for us at times since he's joined Mm -hmm. Um, like if you think of the first season before his injury at Tottenham he scored two goals against Everton got a goal against United even though it was deflected but they were coming in like good bursts of runners of form which were then cut short by his injury and then the start of this season he did brilliantly well at Bournemouth great goal there scored a great goal against Norwich. Like He has these bursts of forms broken up by injury. So I think if he's back to full fitness, which I think he is, he's training with everyone, then we can see a really good burst of form from him, which might convince David Moyes to keep him around for next season rather than let him go in the transfer window. Interesting, interesting. Aaron, who do you have pegged as, uh, as the lifeline player come the restart? Yeah, so actually, I swung pretty big on this one. I decided to go, uh, depending on what you think might happen with him, with Sebastian Haller. Um, I just think that with uh, with all the pace and all the action of guys like Jared Bowen, Antonio, for now is really stepping up, that he's gonna we're going to see kind of a transform Sebastian Haller, and I think he's going to bang in some goals, which ultimately, you know, you can judge your striker on a few different things but if he starts he scores a lot of key goals down to the end of the season then i think that's going to be a the type of player that you, you realize you can't really let go um i also thought about uh manuel lanzini i mean we all love the lanzini of before and i, I would love to see them kind of save his career i just i've i've torn my acl twice and I, when i watch when i watch him play i uh I don't think it's a physical thing for him anymore. I just think it's it's a mental thing. He doesn't seem to be the same player that uh, that he once was in terms of going into traffic or taking players on. He looks like he's playing kind of scared out there. And I, I would love to see him come back and, and save his career. But I'm just concerned that until he gets over that mental block that it's going to be really tough for him. Yeah, I really, really like your pick of Sebastian Allaire. It was going to be my initial pick, but I did have a backup ready for this one. Um, but yeah, I, I, same with Lanzini. It's almost like uh, there's been talk of sports psychologists needed to come into West Ham to, to sort of straighten out some players. And I think you're right with, with Lanzini's stumbling blocks right now being mental because he, he does still have all of that ability. He just needs to trust himself and his body to, to be able to carry it out. So I think you have two good shouts there. Both of you did. Uh, and I'm going to go for a player who's been mentioned previously, uh, but I have full faith in him to actually settle this debate here, and it's Ryan Fredericks. Um, I think he has 
probably the best. He's 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 who needed this break the most. He's coming off of injury. Um, before that, he was playing really well. Right back was not an issue for West Ham at all this season, uh, or one of the big issues for West Ham this season um, prior to him injuring uh, injuring himself. Uh, but it, you know there was such a drop off to Zabaleta that you needed someone like Ngakia to step up there. And I think you're going to see basically a lot of power taken back by the team to trust Ryan Fredericks. We saw him put up that perfect who scored rating at the end of last season. I was joking with you guys about that in our little team chat there. But, you know, he, he has the ability to, to be great. Uh, he just needs to develop that defensive side of his game more. And hopefully uh, he's in a small training group with Pablo Zabaleta and, and can actually absorb a lot more of that defensive responsibility. But uh, I do think he's a player who... Um, can actually be leaned on and trusted, especially with a settled back line and with better coaching, which we've seen change the makeup of West Ham uh, as a uh, change uh, change the the defensive makeup of West Ham, anyways, with uh, Nevins and Nolan stepping in. So uh, it'll be interesting to see, but I think Ryan Fredericks is going to be my pick for that one there. Uh, and we'll move on to our last question here. And I originally was asking the question, which player is most likely to play themselves into a transfer as a sort of uh, negative one? Like which player is going to blow the opportunity and then become spare parts? But I think you can, you can, you know, I don't, depending on how you guys took this one, you could interpret it in a positive way. So is there a player that's going to be playing so well that there's no way they... Uh, there's no way they can hold on to him or there's no way they can uh, fight off the rumors coming in. So I want to see your guys' take on this one. And even if we want to double back on it, we can to see if there's a negative or a positive. You guys let me know as you answer here. But Henry, we'll come to you first again here. Who do you have as the most likely to play themselves into a transfer player for West Ham? Um, Kevin Nolan. I think he's going to get some game time soon. Love it. (laughs) Sadly not. Um, The player I've gone for is... I think it's Felipe Anderson, and I think he goes into both categories. Interesting. Good one. I think if he doesn't pick up his form, he, we could see him go back to Italy or to Spain or to Germany to uh, sort of top six side, not a top two side. I think we'll have him happily, and he'll adapt, and we'll watch him back in the year thinking, why wasn't he doing that for us? Um, but also the other way, if he does find his form like he did in last November, December, um, in his first season, we'll struggle to keep hold of him because when he's on that form, he's an unbelievable player and that's the player we all want to see again. And if he finishes the season like that, then you'll have the bigger teams coming for him the same way as... um, But we might just get more money than... We would be if he flopped. Um, so yeah, my my pick would be Felipe Anderson. I just think he fits both categories. Um, I hope he stays, and I hope he carries on playing very very well and gets even better, and he just stays with us forever. But I think he's a player that could play himself into a transfer, playing poorly or playing well. A great versatile pick there. I really like that one, Aaron. Who do you have as uh, as your pick there? Uh, well, I did have Felipe Anderson, but uh, <laughs> I just have to go with something else. Henry argued it far better than I probably could, anyways. But uh, I guess I'll go with uh, I'll go with Jared Bowen. I think he's like uh, Henry mentioned earlier. He's going to be a player that really pushes on. We, uh, I mean, he's already become probably one of my favorite players in the squad just for the sheer effort. I think he has all the talent. 
I'm kind of surprised, uh, you know, other teams didn't really reach into the championship to take a chance on him. And I'm not happy he's at West Ham, but I think he's got the ability to to really push on the close of the season and attract some of the offers, maybe from some of the the top six squads that were a, a little surprised at this point with how well he's played and wish that they had uh, gone in on him. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, and you know what? I was going to uh, I was going to to pick Jared Bowen as my player to leave the club. So again, we're all on the same page here. I don't think he's going to leave the club, but I think he's going to put himself in the conversation to push on if the club if the team doesn't move up the table now and next season. I think he's safe for this summer, of course, um, but I do think after that anything's up in the air. Uh, and again, this is all predicated on West Ham staying up when the, when the replay does happen, but we will get to that. Um, for me, the player to play themselves into a transfer is the biggest cop-out of all time, but I think that's Thomas Suchek. Uh, he's got to do nothing but play the exact same way he has been, and he'll be a West Ham player. Uh, I think there would be riots at Sullivan's mansion, and the gates would be falling down if West Ham let that option go, because he is a really, really solid player to build around for years. I think he's a modest player. He does the basics really well. He's a really, uh, really strong anticipator of where the ball is going to be, uh, and I really appreciate him getting forward and back and just having that that everlasting motor in the midfield. So that's my pick to play himself into a permanent transfer. Uh, a negative transfer, transfer, depending on which way you look at it, I think it's going to be Issa Diop. Uh, I really want him to play to the best of his ability and stay with West Ham. I think what's going to happen with him is he's going to play the same way he has, which has been good, uh, and West Ham are going to cash in on him, probably maybe noticing you know some uncoachability or something behind the scenes that we don't see. I'm not suggesting there is any of those things, but if they can get 60, 70 million for him, and I'm thinking not Tottenham, I'm thinking probably Manchester United, uh, there could be a, a you know a very interesting break in, in in this Issa Diop saga at West Ham now it wouldn't necessarily be a bad him playing bad to work into a transfer but I think it could be bad for West Ham because they're going to be losing losing out on him but um, again I, I would immediately invest that money into one of the Brighton defenders uh, Lewis Dunk or Shane Duffy and, and get them in to shore up that back line or Joe Worrell as uh, Henry and I have have talked about it relentlessly so those are my picks there. Um, we're going to take a quick break again here. And when we come back, we're going to answer, as always, some Hammers Polls questions to end up the episode. The final part of the Hammers, uh, Green Street Hammers podcast, that is, it, it's bleeding into the Hammers Polls podcast because we, uh, we always finish out our episodes with Hammers Polls questions or, as of recent, make them the fixture of our podcast. So uh, there's no difference here for episode 64. Uh, so we're going to jump right into this one here. Uh, this one comes from at Tony Pearson too. Tony Pearson, you keep bringing the great questions to Hammers Polls and we keep mentioning them, so keep it up. Uh, again, that's at Tony Pearson too. Uh, there's a lot of expectations on Grady D in Ghana. Where do you rank him? Starting 11, on the bench, squad player, or championship level player? Aaron, we're coming to you first on this one. Where do you put him? Um, I, put him I put him on the bench at least to uh, to start the season off. We all know how injuries and everything can occur if he gets into the squad but I mean some of the the depth out on the wing right now and I I wouldn't put him right into the first 11. All right Henry where do you put him? Um, I think I agree with Aaron I mean if you were to put him straight into the squad you're gonna upset a lot of high earners I mean if 
people like Yarmolenko have left, but you're still dealing with, in terms of wingers, Felipe Anderson, who's one of the highest paid players, Mikel Antonio, who's up there, Jared Bowen, who's just signed, and he's earning enough and shows no reason why he should be dropped. It's very competitive for the spaces for our, our wingers. So definitely start with the bench and then work his way in as and when we need him. And hopefully when Antonio pushes past 30, sadly, he will probably have to be moved on. Grady Diangana can take that spot up perfectly. Oh, you've got it all worked out front to back there. I like it. Yeah, I picked bench for this one as well, so we're all in agreement there. I think you'll see um, you'll see him be the fixture of the offense when it comes to tournament games, FA Cup, League Cup, whatever it may be, as well. Probably if there is a preseason, you'll see him feature heavily in those games. Uh, but I agree. You keep him on the bench and you let him earn that spot in the Premier League. He's earned the ability to be in the West Ham team with how great he's been for West Brom this season. And hopefully he can continue that and stay injury-free, knock on wood here. Uh, but uh, yeah, bench, bench bench seems to be the, the logical decision there. Um, and 56.3% of voters agree with us. Uh, first 11 had uh, 28%, squad had 10%, and championship level had 4.6%. Um, so uh, we were in the, the vast majority there. Uh, all right, Aaron, we are going to come to you for the next one here. Uh, do you think the club will end up getting Ngakia to sign a new contract before June 30th? Yes or no? Uh, I'm going to go... This is a bit of a tough one. I'm going to go with yes. I think it's... Obviously, his agent is uh, as a professional. If we can all tell that in this climate, there's not going to be a lot of money moved around. There's not going to be a lot of, uh, of teams really taking risks. Then I think that his agent will realize that as well. I think it was a bit of a negotiating tactic on their end. The club obviously released it, the rumor. and uh, But I think maybe both sides will come to their senses. I don't really understand his perspective of where he thinks he's going to go and have a better chance to get quality minutes if you're looking at it as, as a player you you're at a club that knows you well that knows your strengths and weaknesses and that you're comfortable with i think he'd be kind of foolish not to sign all right and henry do you think they will get a deal done um i think aaron smashed that really um i think the only thing that i would doubt about a deal being done is the fact there's just over a month remaining in order to do it um, which is cutting it short. Whether that doesn't mean a deal can't be done because it might just get delayed and he might technically become a free agent for a week or two while they sort it out. But I think I, I agree with Aaron. Like I don't understand the rejection of the contract. I mean, he got offered the same deal Declan was on for a year and a half. Like, And look where he is now. Does Jeremy Ngakia believe he's better than Declan Rice was at that point? And if so... Does he think he's £17,000 a week better than Declan Rice was? Which seems a bit steep and a bit of a bit cheeky to ask the owners for. Um, so it would I wouldn't be surprised if the club said, you know what, if you're going to reject it, good luck. Um, we'll see you later. Because like Aaron said, where's he, gonna, where's he this magical club? that's missing a right back that is currently better than West Ham and they're looking for a 19-year-old to come in and give him the time. Where are they? Because I, I can't think of too many off the top of my head that would take him on and give him the chance that he has at West Ham because arguably he has a chance at West Ham 
to become the right back, as I said earlier, for the next 11 years. Yeah, and I, I think you guys are, are hitting the nail right on the head here. And I think also when you look at teams around West Ham, like the bottom half of the table as it is right now, even mid- middle table teams, not a lot of teams beat West Ham on player wages and contracts given out to, to players. And not a lot of uh, clubs have this reputation of, quote unquote, the academy of football to also keep up, which a lot of people are stressing needs to be, uh, you know, leaned on a little bit more. So there's not going to be a suitor for him in the Premier League. There's not going to be one abroad, which I don't think he'd be comfortable doing anyways. Uh, I think he's going to try to come to his senses, and I think it'll be a come crawling back to accept the deal that was on the table. Um, Maybe there's some incentive payment changes for performances or appearances, but I would also suggest that June 30th, I'm going to say no to that. Uh, simply because West Ham are going to be playing games by that time. And if there's no problem on the right-hand side, or if they commit to this Montiel guy that plays at River Plate, uh, you know, Ngakia could be the one that got away and there's no one to blame but himself. So uh, I think June 30th, like you said, Henry, it could be a matter of him being a free agent for a couple of weeks and then maybe signing again. But yeah, I, I'm... Uh, I'm all in on saying no to this one. Uh, no had a 54.9% vote. I did vote yes for you guys because you, you guys were both in the same boat with this one. Uh, and yes had 45%. So uh, pretty even split there for, you know, regarding the uh, promising youngster anyways. Um, okay, guys, we're going to come back to answer this question here. It's from at NobleArt16. Without the support slash pressure from our home fans, will the performances in our remaining games improve, get worse, or remain the same? Aaron, what do you think? Is West Ham going to see any sort of change in form based on player uh, fans rather being in the stands? Um, I think it'll it'll probably remain the same, I'd imagine. I mean, there's been different points this season where obviously I think fans have negatively affected the players and how they've played. There's been other points where I was at the Southampton match and like the, cl- the crowd really lifted everybody that day. It was a fantastic environment. You could tell the players appreciated it. So I obviously it can go both ways in terms of how the, the toxic environment or the great environment. But I think it's... Uh, I think they're going to probably remain the same ultimately. I, I don't know. That's a bit of a tough one. It's hard to put yourself in, in that, that situation without seeing the team there and, and seeing how it feels or hear it lists, sorry, sounds here. Oh my goodness. I'm tired. Henry, what do you think? Um, I think it's a question for each player individually. Really. I think there's a lot of players on the team that will, we will see improve without the distraction of the crowd's, like board protests and stuff like that. Whereas I think you'll see some players form drop because they haven't got the motivation of the crowd. Like Mark Noble, I can't imagine him playing to the same level without the fans singing Bubbles, Mr. West Ham, Mark Noble songs behind him. I think obviously he he relishes that. Yeah. Whereas the other way is players like Felipe Anderson, Sebastian Haller, quite new to the team probably don't fully understand the West Ham crowd just yet. I think they might benefit from it. I mean, Felipe Anderson, he was playing at Lazio and I was lucky enough to go and watch them play once and the Olympic Stadium there was two-thirds empty most of the time and it wasn't too loud except for the game I went to, which was the Rome derby. So the lack of atmosphere sort of would almost suit him because he got that form 
there playing in that level and that atmosphere which prompted us to buy him so I think it sort of depends on the player so overall I'm going to be I'm going to be positive and I'm going to say we're going to improve without the distractions of the board protests so yeah I'm going to say we're going to improve on the majority yeah I'm going to say improve as well uh, I'm with you there with all the points you said specifically about those um, bigger players I think the pressure of the fans and you know West Ham can be the West Ham fan base is not one to shy away from letting their feelings be known especially to the players um, but I think there's going to be a lot more emphasis on communication with the players I hope that's being already uh, that's already being brought up with uh, Moyes and his coaching staff and the players just how much you can actually hear and, and say to each other so I, I wanted to see I want to see that level of improvement but uh, I think just improving in general, the team was already trending upwards, so I think there's going to be just a carryover of that form anyway. So uh, as far as improvement goes, I don't know if it'll be because of the uh, because of the lack of fans or no fans, but I think there will be an improvement there. 24.3% say improve, 31.8% say get worse, and 43.9% say remain the same. Um, okay, so here's a question that is going uh, to be brought up uh, on the YouTube channel. It actually has been brought up on the YouTube channel for Hammers Pulls. Uh, so go check them out, uh, Hammers Pulls on YouTube. Uh, are West Ham's current crop of youngsters good enough to step up into the first team or will further investment be needed? Um, it's a bit of a broad one here, but we and we've talked about it a little bit, so that's why I wanted to finish up the episode with this question. Um, the likes of uh, Nathan Holland, Jeremy, uh, Jeremy Ngakia has already stepped up, Ben Johnson, uh, Grady D in Ghana, we're also hearing about these uh, kids in the under-18 teams who are either going to leave or uh, or sign new contracts in the coming days. Uh, West Ham has some promising aspects uh, of their development team coming forward. Zande Silva is one who's not even really all that young anymore, but you want to see him step up, even if you want to include Josh Cullen uh, coming back from his Charlton loan. I think he's actually back training with Charlton now. So um, do you think West Ham's players are good enough? Do they need to invest more? What do you think? Cardoso also should be looped into this here. Aaron, I want to come to you first here. Uh, what would you like to see? More investment or more opportunity? Um, I'm a big supporter of, uh, of more opportunity, I think. I think it's important to make investment where it makes sense. I kind of touched on that in my article about looking for value in the championship. But I think uh, ultimately West Ham needs to become a team that develops and produces as much homegrown talent as they can. And I, I think there are some quality players in the squad that are in the, the bigger squad that haven't necessarily been given the chance because we've been throwing money at big name players or not necessarily big name players, but players like Carlos Sanchez, who's, you know, for 80K a week or whatever he takes in, he hasn't really provided much, <laughs> uh, provided anything, I should add. That's Actually, a good, that's much. a good correction. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I, I think there are some good players who, who have the talent to make that jump. And I don't think you really know until you give them that opportunity. I think it's David Moyes wants to, you know, maybe perhaps win over the fans as well for some who are on the fence about him. Then I think promoting from within and everyone discovering that maybe these players can make an impact that would uh, do a lot to endear him to everybody. But then there's also the question of a guy like Holland who, you know, he's had a big reputation for the last couple of years almost from I think X was kind of the first guy who really started chatting about him and then you know he had to go down to League One really to get some game time this year so I think there's a bit of you kind of have a bit of a love affair with your own academy sometimes too you for remember sure. Tony Mar Tony Martinez anybody like he, oh. he was banging in goals like and then I, he got on the pitch and he was 
wasn't particularly mobile and he couldn't do much. So I don't know. It's uh, I think there are some talent. I'd love to see them given a chance and with further invest- investment as necessary. But I have younger players and players who we haven't seen their full potential yet. And Henry, what do you think? More investment, more game time. What do you see being the uh, the actual route to success for the Academy of Football here? Um, I think we've got a couple of players that have a lot of potential, like Ngakia and Dean Garner. That like Ngakia, if we re- if we do get his contract sorted out, and Dean Garner's already proved what he can do at West Brom, that really could make a step up and be first team players for the long haul. But a lot of my issue, I think a lot of our, I think we see our academy with rose tinted glasses at the moment. I know how good some of the players could be, but I mean, Nathan Holland, a lot's been said about him and I do really, really want him to succeed. But to get game time, as Aaron said, he had to drop down to League One. Dean Garner went to the championship to the top two team. Like there's a big difference between West Brom and Oxford United. Um, So... At the moment, I do think we need investment into the squad with the hope that some of the youngsters push push on. And I mean, some, and also some of the youngsters aren't that young. Like Andre Silva, he's 23. He's one year younger than four now. So he's the same age as Jared Bowen. Um, Josh Cullen, he's 24 now. He's one year younger than Tomasz Suchek. And he's four years older than Declan Rice. So... A lot of our young players that people have been talking about for a while aren't that young anymore. It's the sort of whole Lingard simulation of the everlasting young star, even though he's 27, 28 now. Um, So, yeah, I, I do think we need some more investment, but I also think some of our young players are capable of really stepping up and becoming and fulfilling the potential that we believe they have. But some need to step up quicker if we're not going to need the investment. Yeah, I think what we can all agree on is there probably needs to be more sp- more money spent, but there also needs to be more time invested. Uh, and there hasn't really been to, to the you know to the Domingos Quinas of the world out there. There hasn't really been a direct path for academy players to the first team unless you're Declan Rice and you're a generational talent. So I think. You know, we saw what happened with Ngakia. There was a situation that needed an emergency uh, replacement to come in. And this guy who was West Ham's fourth choice right back at the start of the season is now talking about getting a bigger contract and, you know, getting that starting position because he was given the chance. And he was given the chance against, he's played four games, two against Liverpool, one against Arsenal, one against Southampton. So he's been put to the task here. So uh, I do think you, you, you don't know what you've got until you've tried it out. And that's what they can really take advantage of with five substitutions here. Get get Zonda Silva on for 10, 15 minutes at the end of a match. See how he gets on. See how he runs. See how he communicates. You know, let Ben Johnson have an actual start in a game against, you know, a, a bottom half table uh, team and see exactly what you have in these players and also give hope to the younger ones who are in the academy still. Uh, I'm on the side of... Uh, no or sorry yes to um is this crop being good enough because i think there is a lot of players in the academy that are good enough to step up to be a first team player but like you guys said with holland he had to go to league two um i think loan players are going to be massively important for the championship this following season and i was a big proponent of holland stepping up to the first team next season uh but now i think there's going to be 
a really big opportunity for him to step into a championship team and get regular minutes just because they don't have the funds. A lot of those teams don't have the funds to buy players. So it's going to be, you know, a lot of loans coming in. And the lower the loan fee, the better. Holland, I would accept no loan fee if you're if you're West Ham just to get Holland secured starting minutes. So uh, I would say the players are good enough. We need to spend more entirely as a team on, you know, anything from coaches to scouts to youth players to first team players. But we also need to see what we have in the team here first. Uh, so, gentlemen, that'll be it for episode 64 here of the Green Street Hammers podcast. Look, thank uh, Hammers Pools again for, for uh, posting this content online, giving us the pulse of the fans. And also, uh, I'd like to thank both you guys for joining me here today. Uh, as I said, though, that'll do it for us here at Green Street Hammers. Uh, until next time, come on, you irons. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.